in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. The church at Corinth had many issues, and that's why St. Paul sent to them the first letter to address these issues. One of the most important issues was the division in the church. Some people said we are belonging to Paul. Some people said we are belonging to Apollos. Some people said we are belonging to Peter. And the last group said we are belonging to Christ. So basically, there were four groups in Korath. And St. Paul started to address this issue, the division. And he told them, how you say, I am of Apollos, or I am of Paul, or I am of Peter? Was Apollos crucified for you? Was Peter crucified for you? Why you have this division? You were baptized in the name of Christ. And even when we came to you, we did not preach to you with the wisdom of men. But we came to you preaching the cross of Christ who was considered foolishness to the Greek, especially Greece was known with philosophy. But we preached the cross of Christ to you. So we totally disappeared behind the cross of Christ. Why now you are saying you are belonging to Paul or Apollos we did not come to preach ourselves or to preach human wisdom. So you need actually to be united together and to have the same mind. And this was a summary of chapter 1. And in chapter 2, St. Paul affirms to them that he does not depend on the persuasive word of wisdom, but on the power of the Spirit and the demonstration of the Spirit. So, although he was in Greece, where the philosophy was very well known, but he did not rely on the human wisdom or the persuasive word or the excellence of speech, but actually, he presented to them the message of salvation through the power of the Spirit. That's why he told them, your faith should rest on the power of God, the power of the Spirit, not on the wisdom of men. The wisdom that St. Paul used is heavenly wisdom coming from God. And God reveals this wisdom by His Holy Spirit. So, 
those who are spiritual will be able to understand this wisdom. But those who are not spiritual, and St. Paul called them the natural men, cannot comprehend or understand the spiritual wisdom or the divine wisdom. This is basically the summary of chapter 2. Uh, let's start reading it verse by verse and try to understand it together. Verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. St. Paul said, and in, in, in he concluded chapter 1 by saying, God used what the people consider foolish in order to refute and to confute the world wisdom. God used the foolish things, the abased thing, the non-existing thing, actually to bring to nothing things that are. That's why when St. Paul went to Corinth, he did not go and preach them in excellence of speech. These, these things that are highly esteemed in Corinth and in Greek, in Greece. But actually, he went to them preaching the mystery of Christ with simple words. He did not use the excellence of speech or wisdom, the human wisdom, declaring the testimony of God. What he means by the word testimony of God? Testimony of God means the mystery of the gospel, the mystery of salvation. What God made in order to save us, the covenant that God made with us in order to save us. Verse 2, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So his preaching centered upon the crucified Christ because that is the center of Christianity. That is our salvation. Unfortunately, Many preachers right now who claim to be Christian, they don't speak about the crucifixion of Christ or carrying the cross or entering through the narrow gate or suffering for the sake of Christ. They are not speaking about the cross of Christ. But they speak about the excellence of words of wisdom. They impress the people by the, the humanly wisdom. But let us learn from St. Paul. He was very clear in his preaching. I determined not to know anything among yourselves. I, I'm not going to impress you 
with the excellence of speech or the philosophy of Greece. But I focused only on one thing, which is Jesus Christ and him crucified. The cross, that is the center of our preaching. That's why any preaching should be focused and centered around the message of cross. Verse 3. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. Why? As a human being, St. Paul was very, very concerned how to preach to the wise people of Greece the message of Christ that God became man and died on the cross for our salvation. So in this great center of Greek culture, he felt like intimidated at the first in presenting simple gospel in the face of the Greek philosophy. That's why he said, I was in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. Verse 4. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. He did not use the arts and the enticements of Greek philosophy, but he relied on the power of the Spirit. He demonstrated the power of the Spirit in his life by bearing the fruit of the Spirit in his life. That's why he said, in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. He demonstrated how the Spirit was working in him by bearing the fruit of the Spirit. So, because he was filled by the Holy Spirit, he was able to demonstrate the power of the Spirit. Also, God gave the apostles, including St. Paul, the power of working miracles. So his words were supported by the power of the Spirit shown in miracles, not in persuasive words of wisdom of men, but the power of Christ. Verse 5, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Big difference between religion uses different kinds of power to persuade people. Whether the power of sword to persuade people, or the power of philosophy to persuade people. Because actually, you can debate this philosophy. Any human wisdom is debatable. But when our faith is based not on any human power, but on the power of the Spirit, the power of God, this faith will be strong and will, will remain forever. 
That's why he told them their faith was not produced by the human philosophy, but the gospel was preached to them in the power of the Spirit. So, whatever God supplied to support the ministry of the apostle, they used. They used the gifts of the Spirit. They used the miracles. They used the words that are inspired and anointed by the Holy Spirit. That's why their preaching was very, very powerful. And I hope we learn from this passage, especially the Sunday school servants, how we do not trust the human wisdom or the human philosophy in preaching the gospel, but we should trust only the power of the Spirit. That's why we need, we as servants, to be filled first by the Spirit, so when we speak, we will speak words inspired and anointed by the Spirit of God. That's why he starts to speak about the spiritual wisdom and to differentiate it from the human wisdom. In verse 6 he said, However, we speak wisdom, lest some people think that they were not speaking any wise words. No. St. Paul saying, I did not use the human philosophy. I did not use the human wisdom. But don't think that we never spoke wisdom. No. We speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. So St. Paul wants to say that the gospel, the testimony of God, the message of salvation, has a divine wisdom of its own. What we call it a heavenly wisdom or the spiritual wisdom. This spiritual wisdom has some criteria. The first one, nobody can understand or comprehend this spiritual wisdom except those who are mature, spiritually mature. That's why he said, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. In the church, the believers are different levels. Some people are beginners, and they are babes in Christ. So they are believers, but they are babes in Christ. They are infants. They are not spiritually mature. And these people are carnal, led by the desires of the flesh. That's why we expect to find division among them. As St. Paul said, actually, in chapter 3, I fed you with milk, not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. 
for you are still carnal. Although you believed in Christ, but you did not become spiritual yet. You are still carnal. So, in order to understand the gospel of Christ, the depth of the divine wisdom that's hidden in the gospel, you need to grow into spiritual maturity. Unfortunately, many people are so content to be infant in Christ. And they use these words, I fed you milk, not solid food. And when just we try to give them any solid food, they say, no, we are children in Christ, we are infant Christ, we are beginners. But there is a big problem if you continue to be a beginner and infant in Christ. Of course, the problem of being carnal, that's one problem. Another problem, you will have divisions among yourself, as St. Paul said in chapter 3. But the most important problem, you will never be able to understand and to comprehend the spiritual wisdom that is hidden in the uh, gospel of Christ. That's why, if you want to understand, you need to grow into spiritual maturity. We speak wisdom among those who are mature. This wisdom is different than the wisdom of this world. That's why the rulers of this world cannot understand, even the wise people of this world cannot understand. They stumble at the wisdom of the gospel. We see many people stumble at the fact that God became man. They stumble at the fact that Christ died on the cross. They stumble at the wisdom of Christ, at the wisdom of the gospel. Nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. By rulers, he means the leading men, whether of the Jews or of Greeks and Romans. They had not learned the divine wisdom. The human wisdom will vanish one way, but the divine wisdom will never vanish. The rulers of this world who are coming to nothing did not learn the divine wisdom. But if they learn the divine wisdom, actually, they would live eternally forever. He wouldn't say about them who are coming to nothing. Verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. So this wisdom is hidden. It's not revealed. We speak this wisdom in a hidden way. Only those who are filled by the Spirit can discover it and can understand. So St. Paul is saying, we are speaking the mysterious wisdom of God, the hidden wisdom of God, which actually was hidden for so many ages from all the world. And until now, still hidden from all the non-believers. 
and also hidden from the infant in Christ. The believers who are still babes in Christ, they did not grow to spiritual maturity. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of our glory. This hidden wisdom is the wisdom of saving the world by the cross of Christ. This wisdom was hidden for so many ages. And until now is hidden, which means people cannot understand it or accept it. All those who are not believers, they do not receive the Spirit of God. And also those who are infant in Christ, also they cannot comprehend this wisdom. But to speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of our, uh, for our glory. Means what for our glory? This wisdom arising from the glory of our God and then to be revealed when all the glory of the world vanished away. That's why it's to our glory. This wisdom God ordained before the foundation of the world for our glory, for our salvation, when we are glorified in heaven with him through our salvation. Verse 8. Which none of the rulers of this age knew. Those who trust the human wisdom will not be able to understand this wisdom. Maybe St. Paul was referring here to the high priests and to, to Pilate, Herod, who crucified uh, the Son of God. That's why they, they didn't understand this wisdom. They didn't understand that Jesus is Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. And actually this is a strong evidence that the natural man, even if he reached a very high level, like a ruler, like Pilate and Herod, but the natural man, who are very wise according to the human standards, he cannot understand and accept the divine wisdom. It will be hidden for him. They, they are ignorant of this divine wisdom. And the evidence, none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If the rulers of this world were able to understand the divine wisdom, the spiritual wisdom, they wouldn't crucify Christ. But the fact they crucified him as criminal and crucified him among two thieves, this means, although they were very, very wise according to the human standard, but they couldn't comprehend and understand the uh, spiritual wisdom of salvation. Compare them with the simple people, the fishermen. Maybe they were not educated by 
the human philosophies and the human wisdom. But they receive the Spirit of God. And because they receive the Spirit of God, they acquire this heavenly wisdom. And they were able to believe and to understand the wisdom of God. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ prayed and said, I thank you, Father, because you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent, and you revealed them to the children and infants. Those who come to you with the fifth children, you reveal these things to them. But here just I want to emphasize, having a heart of child, as the Lord said, unless you convert and be like children, is totally different from being spiritually immature, what we call it babes in Christ or infant in Christ. There is a big difference. The infant in Christ means people are just beginners. They, they did not grow in spiritual maturity. And as St. Paul said about them, they are carnal, they cannot comprehend the spiritual wisdom, and there is division, usually there is division among them, and spirit. But when you grow into spiritual maturity, your heart would be like children. Not in, not, not in the understanding, not in, in your faith, but uh, in its innocence and in its purity. Then St. Paul quote verses from Isaiah 54, verse 4. As he said in verse 9, but as it is written, written where? In Isaiah 54, verse 4. I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So, the human wisdom cannot comprehend the glory that God prepared for his children. The human wisdom did not see. The human wisdom did not, did not hear. The human wisdom did not imagine by their hearts the things, the plan, the divine economy which God has prepared for those who love him and accept him. So there was no human understanding of the glory to be revealed in the mystery of the gospel. No natural man, no natural man has ever seen or heard or known the things which God has prepared for them who love him. But these things were revealed to us. That's why he said in verse 10, but God has revealed them to us how through his spirit. That's why God sent us the spirit to teach us the truth. He is the spirit of truth. To give us this wisdom because he is the spirit of wisdom. So these wonders that the natural man could not comprehend these wonders were revealed by the Spirit of God to those who love him, to the apostles who followed the Lord Jesus Christ, to St. Paul himself. 
and made known through the apostles to the mature Christian. That's why he said, but God has revealed them to us. Us refers here to the apostles. So God, when he sent the Holy Spirit upon the apostles in the upper room, they learned this divine wisdom. They learned the, the wisdom of the mystery of the gospel. How we will be saved through the cross of Christ. We understand the glory that's prepared for us in the eternal life. And the apostles preached these wonders to those who are spiritually mature. So who communicated these wonders? It is the Holy Spirit. By God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Why? For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit who was given to us and actually every one of us after being baptized in the sacrament of chrismation we receive the spirit. So this spirit is the Spirit of God and now dwelling in me. This Spirit searches even the deep things of God and now He is dwelling in me. So the Holy Spirit can teach me, can lead me to all this truth. Especially if I do not resist the work of the Spirit in my heart and I submit to the work of the Spirit in my heart. And the Holy Spirit teaches me a knowledge about the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit teaches us the deep things, the mystery of God. As we read in the scripture, the mystery of God will be revealed to those who fear Him. So the secrets of the divine wisdom are thus made known to us by the Holy Spirit. The secrets of the divine wisdom now are made known to us through the Holy Spirit. Verse 11. St. Paul wants to prove to us that the Spirit searches even the deep things of God because he is the Spirit of God. So he said about human beings, who knows you very well? It's your spirit. So as your spirit knows you very well, the same thing, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, searches the deep things of God. That's what he said in verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? It is only your spirit who knows everything about you. Your spirit doesn't know anything about your, your, your brother or your neighbor, but he knows only everything about you. In the same way, even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Which implies, if you want to understand things pertaining to God, then you need actually to rely on what? To rely on whom? To rely on the Holy Spirit. Because nobody can understand the things about God. 
accept this verdict. If you want to understand theology through human philosophy, you will fail. But if you want to understand theology, things about God through the Holy Spirit in you, then you will be able to uh, understand. That's why they say the true theologian is a spiritual man. This is the true theologian. He understands through the Holy Spirit in him. The Spirit of God knows the divine secrets and reveals these secrets wherever he dwells to those who fear him and to those who submit to him because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of knowledge. Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. He, he told us, when you were baptized, which spirit have you received? You did not receive spirit of the world, but you receive the, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. Uh, why? Why God gave us His Holy Spirit to dwell on, uh, in us? That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. God gave us many, many gifts freely. That's what we call the graces. And God actually gave us the Holy Spirit in order to teach me about the graces, about the gifts that were freely given to us, about the secrets, about the wisdom of God. So we did not receive the spirit of the world, but we received the Holy Spirit. That's why we are enabled to know what God given freely to us. The man who has the Spirit of God is able to understand the truth, the hidden wisdom in the gospel, the mystery of God. All these things, we will understand it through the Holy Spirit. That's why it's very important to pray before reading the message of the gospel and ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten you and to guide you in studying the scripture. Because without the Holy Spirit, you cannot understand the hidden mystery in the Gospel of Christ. Verse 14. Uh, 13. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. After we understand the mystery of God, we cannot teach the mystery of the gospel in human wisdom. If we do so, we will weaken the message. That's why, as we relied on the Holy Spirit in understanding 
the mystery of salvation, we should also rely on the Holy Spirit in preaching the mystery of salvation. That's why he said, these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. So the spiritual things should be taught only through the words of the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Holy Spirit, anointed by the Holy Spirit. Then he said, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Means what? Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. He wants to say that the spiritual things are only understood and communicated through spiritual ways. That's why he said, if you are not spiritually mature, it will be difficult for you to comprehend the mystery of the gospel. If you are not spiritually mature, you cannot communicate the mystery of the gospel. Because spiritual things are only suited to spiritual persons. Another thing, in order to understand the mystery of the gospel in the New Testament, you need to compare it with the spiritual mystery in the Old Testament, comparing spiritual with spiritual. So to understand the mystery of the gospel in the New Testament, you need to compare it with the mystery of the salvation in the Old Testament. So the spiritual of Old Testament and New Testament can only be understood by mutual comparison and combination, not by combination with the worldly wisdom or natural perception. If you want to understand the gospel by human mind, you will fail. That's why the apostles used the Old Testament in preaching. They used the Psalms, the book of Isaiah, the law of Moses. They used most of the prophecies. They used most of the Old Testament, all of it, in order to preach the mystery of the salvation, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. From verse 14, St. Paul actually differentiated between three types of men. Let me explain it first and then we will read it. He said, the person can be either carnal or natural or spiritual. You are body and soul and spirit. And the higher faculty of the soul is the mind, the reason. And St. Paul is speaking here about the believers. Any believer can be a carnal or natural or spiritual. The carnal is the one who is led by his body by the desires of the body. That's why he goes after the lusts of the flesh and he may do foolish things. Like we hear people use drugs. 
and it is very known even to non-believers drugs will destroy their life and their career but why they do drugs because they are carnal they are led by the desires of the flesh people who live in sexual immorality they are carnal that's those people St. Paul address them in chapter 3 the next chapter and usually among the kernels you will find division split the second group are better than the first group St. Paul called the second group the natural man the natural man is led by the soul by the reason by the mind so maybe he he wouldn't do foolish things like the cardinal man maybe he wouldn't get involved with sexual immorality or with drugs or or all these uh, lustful things but he will try to understand spiritual things by his mind but St. Paul said no comparing spiritual things with spiritual you cannot understand spiritual things by natural things you only comprehend and understand spiritual things by the spirit of god comparing spiritual things with spiritual if you try to understand how god became man with your mind you will fail if you try to understand the mystery of cross by your mind you will stop them as the Greeks stumbled at the cross of Christ you were offended by so the natural man is better than the carnal but he is limited in his understanding because he is not spiritual but the spiritual person is the person who is led by the spirit of God that's why he can search even the deep things of God by the Holy Spirit in him. The mysteries of God will be revealed to him. And the spiritual man is the mature Christian to whom the mysteries of the gospel will be revealed. Many people say, when we read the Bible, why we don't understand it like John Chrysostom, for example, or like St. Augustine, like St. Jerome not because they were wiser than us in a human way but they were more spiritual than us they were spiritually mature that's why they were able to understand and comprehend the spiritual wisdom that you cannot discern except by the Spirit of God that's why in verse 14 he said the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. The natural man cannot understand and receive and accept and be convinced with the spiritual things of God. The natural man does not understand or conceive the things revealed by the Spirit of God, whether relating to his nature or to the kingdom, whether relating to God's nature or to the kingdom of God. For they are foolishness to him. 
he will consider this foolishness. Foolishness. Many people stumble because how God becomes man. And they say this is foolishness. There's a natural man. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. It is impossible to understand or comprehend them because only you can discern these spiritual mysteries by the spirit, spiritually discerned. They are foolishness to one not under the dominion of the Holy Spirit, such as the Jewish scribes and the Greek disputers. And those who are believers but resist the Holy Spirit in them, they are not submitted to the dominion of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the spiritual mystery of God is understood only by the help of the Holy Spirit and by our spiritual senses, not by our human mind. Verse 15, but he who is spiritual, he who is led by the Holy Spirit. So who is a spiritual man? The man who is led by the Holy Spirit and lives a spiritual life. He who is spiritual judges all things. The spiritual man, by the help of the Holy Spirit dwelling in him, is prepared and can judge and understand all things, even the deeper truth of, the, of God, of the Spirit. Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. No one can judge him. No one here is revealing not spiritual but natural men. So St. Paul is trying to say the natural man cannot judge the spiritual man, cannot understand who he is or what he says. That's why he said the spiritual man is rightly judged by no one. No natural man can rightly judge, can rightly understand, can rightly comprehend what the spiritual man says. That's why some people who are natural, when they read like church fathers, they, they don't judge it right. And they accuse them of many, many false things and false accusations. Why? Because they are not spiritual, they are natural. That's why they attacked the, the tradition and attacked the early church fathers. Because they are natural. If they are spiritual, they wouldn't do this. But because they are natural, that's why they couldn't rightly judge the early spiritual fathers, the early church fathers who are spiritual. In order to judge the spiritual man, the natural man must know the mind of Christ first. So the, the, the natural man must become spiritual in order to understand and to be able to judge. But do you think any natural man was able to achieve this? No. Any natural man can claim, 
I understand the mind of God and I can be his counselor to give counseling to God? No. That's why he said in verse 16, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? And this is quotation from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 13 and 14. Nobody can claim that he understands the mind of Christ or the mind of God. Nobody can claim I can be a counselor to God. So if I cannot be a counselor to God, then I cannot judge his children. I cannot judge the spiritual man. That's what he said. So natural man who judge the spiritual man living according to the mind of Christ are virtually wishing to instruct God. So if a natural man trying to judge a spiritual man as if you want to instruct God, as if you want to be the counselor of God, and bring God to another mind as counselor instruct the king. That's why he said, who has known the mind of, of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So if you have the mind of Christ, then the natural man cannot be our counselor. I cannot go to a natural man to teach me or to, to judge me or to help me. And this is another issue. Many of our youth, our believers, our spiritual, go and seek uh, counseling from secular world. He is unable to understand you or to judge you rightly because you are a spiritual man. So if you are a spiritual man and have the mind of Christ, he, they cannot give you a right advice. That's why when they go to secular counseling, for example, and tell him I have problem with, with my family, with my wife, maybe the advice is divorce. They cannot comprehend why the Christian spiritual man does not accept divorce. Because they don't understand the covenant of marriage. It's very, very difficult for them to understand spiritual things. Because the spiritual things are only discerned by the Spirit. St. Paul concluded this chapter by making this clear distinction between the natural man and spiritual man. Then actually, the next chapter, he will start to speak about the carnal.